You're listening to Macro Sunday Special, hosted by Andreas Stedo. Welcome to this short and sweet edition of Macro Sunday. We aim at uh, releasing short podcasts every time something really interesting happens in the world of global macro. And um, it is safe to say that on this Friday, we've had a very interesting development in Japan. And to discuss uh, the <laughs> decision taken by the Japanese Central Bank with me, I've invited Emil Müller, uh, Head of Research at Steno Research. I'm Andreas Steno, the founder and CEO of the company. Good to see you, Emil. Yeah, cheers. Likewise. Emil, um, outside of still being annoyed with uh, <laughs> being woken up by the news that Bank of Japan sort of rocked the boat early this morning. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it actually seems like now we're recording um, five, six hours after it actually happened here. It seems yeah. like the market has calmed down already uh, after this spike to the yield curve control. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it, like the, the immediate reaction in in both in in forex and in uh, and in equities and so on in in, in financial markets was definitely uh, yeah. It, it has cooled down. I was I was so, sort of surprised to see it uh, reverse that quick. But you know, I think I think markets still have have some digesting to do. We, we, it would be interesting to see in in the week to come and and especially in in in, um, in forex markets here during the weekend. That's, that's sort of sort of them where I'm at at the moment. So uh, the interesting thing here is that Bank of Japan obviously decided to increase the de facto cap on the 10-year yield in Japan from 50 yeah. basis points to 100 basis points. But they also yeah. introduce a bit of flexibility around how they actually conduct monetary policy um, operations mm. within that band between, say, one percent and um, and a half uh, or fifty basis points, right? So to me, it yeah. means that the Japanese government bond market is now a two-way trading market again, and it hasn't been that for quite mm. a while. Um, and and that obviously yeah. also means that um, the data dependency is back on the table mm. for Bank of Japan to a much larger extent than what we've seen already. And I think that is why you get yeah. this sort of ambiguous um, market development right now where no one is trying to test the sort of resiliency of the Bank of Japan yet. Um, we have 10 years no. trading above 50 basis points, obviously, but but nowhere near the 1% target uh, or cap. No. Uh, and, and that's in sharp contrast to what happened in December when they hiked from 25 basis points to 50 basis points. Um, the market chased that immediately and tried to test their resiliency or their resolve rather. Yeah. And we haven't seen that mm -hmm. yet. Um, so, no, what what no. do you make of this flexibility, Emil? Is is it even given that we will get to one percent in ten year JGBs? <laughs> That's the big question, isn't it? Mm. No, it's not a given. But there's a reason why they they, they tweak the yield curve, right? Mm. I mean, they're trying to to they're trying to tighten financial conditions to 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 restrain inflation pressures, right? Mm. And I think the bet up until now at least was okay we're going to see if we can start to import some deflationary tendencies right and in the meantime and, and you you know this uh, we, we've been trading it and commodities have sort of had a, a re-emergence and i think that's sort of the canary in the coal mine for them and that's why they've chosen to go down this path um i think that markets will eventually come to terms with the predicament in which the Bank of Japan finds itself in, and they will 
they will they will attempt to retest them. But it might take some time. I mean, if you if you remember back in December um, when they treated the first time, um, I mean, markets were already at them back in January after mm. after basically capitulating on them in the days after the decision in December. And full full disclosure, I, I was actually on that trade and made made quite a few few dollars on that point. Mm. Um, so um, I didn't do it this time around, but. Um, yeah, I mean, markets will, will keep shooting at the fish in the barrels as long as, uh, as long as uh, you know, they, they they expect that something has to give. That that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. So yeah, but I, I mean, I have to admit that I find it uh, smart that they introduce some sort of flexibility between fifty yeah. basis points and hundred basis points. And the, uh, hmm. the 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 point here is that when you have a very very firm line in the sand uh, in a yield yeah. curve control. You typically mm. end up with what I call a pro-cyclical monetary policy setup, uh, and that's yeah, been that's evident over the past year, right? They 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 had yeah. to print and print and print uh, when global yields rose, right? And and now yeah. they have a bit of flexibility, at least within a sort of a range, um, yeah. to to print less when needed. Um, and I think you're yeah. right that. Given current inflation pressures, they probably want to print less, at least short term. Yeah. Uh, but what yeah. I also find interesting here is that it means that they can start printing more when the cycle um, rolls over, uh, and yeah. that that introduces Absolutely. some sort of downside protection in Japanese equities that we haven't seen for for years yeah. uh, because of the pro cyclicality in the monetary policy setup. Uh, they Absolutely. they printed the most when they needed it the least. And now they get the flexibility yeah, yeah. to do it in, in a more flexible way, basically. Uh, so I actually yeah, don't well, think uh, it's necessarily bad news for equities in Japan over time, this. No, 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 not necessarily. And I think it it might. I think that's at least what they, I think they hope because they, they have feel in, they felt entrenched by their own policy regime in these past quarters, right? That's, that, I think that's, that's completely evident, right? Yeah. I think, um, I think this is, I think they hope that this will start to be sort of the, the, the first step towards a normalization of, of monetary policy. Whether that will be the case, I'm, I'm a bit more skeptical. Um, I think generally the deflationary pressures that comes from structural uh, uh, factors such as demography and, and, and whatnot, they, they, you know, they haven't gone anywhere. No. So, um, but, but I think you're absolutely right in the short term that that's, that's what they aim at, right? So now they can actually conduct monetary policy instead of just you know, being the executioner of of the uh, of, uh, rules, right? Yeah. That they've imposed on themselves. So yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. Uh, obviously from here, if we get a, a, a hard inflation print, the Bank of Japan yeah. will be tested, uh, but it will be data mm-hmm. dependent and they can actually uh, turn up and down volumes of, of purchases to a much more flexible extent than what they've been able to so far. And I think that's a good mm. move from them. And um, interesting yeah, to hear, um, so far, Emil, uh, as far as I can calculate, and uh, this is a relatively easy calculation, US Treasury yields yeah. have actually moved more on the news than <laughs> than local yeah, uh, yeah. Japanese government bond <laughs> yields. Uh, and that's interesting yeah. to me because that simply means that you should buy dollar in here if that trend continues uh, rather than selling it. Um, yeah. So let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and another fact I'm sort of, I think, I think... It, like most participants in the financial markets have been aware that, 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 you know, this risk was there as long as there were, was an inflationary pressure on Japan. I think 
that the fact that they tweaked the yield curve and make it more like the, the regime they have more flexible rather than actually starting to move on the front end or whatnot. I think that's that's really important, right? Because yeah. essentially the yen is, you know, the, the the big funder, if you like. You know, it's speculators such as you and I would would uh, would, uh, would take on leverage in yen and buy foreign assets. Yeah. And once, you know, that, that price uh, or the price of doing that moves, you know, you see sell-offs and um yeah. Instead they they've done it on on the on their own bonds. And on a comparative, like on, on, in comparison to to U.S. Treasuries, I think I think uh, at least for now the signal is from from Japan. We are we are out of the market for now, yeah. you know, and that's what markets really absorbing here. In, so, indeed, and it, yeah. and based on anecdotal evidence, I've traveled Asia quite a few times uh, in my banking career, selling bonds, especially Scandinavian bonds, and yeah. Japanese investors are extremely simple. They want mm. a carry post yeah. FX hedging costs on top of their yeah. local bond market. And I mean, mm. the global bond market has been closed for Japanese investors for four quarters in a row. Uh, and yeah. this decision will not alter that picture at all. Uh, it will make it slightly yeah. worse, but uh, it will not alter the picture. They were already yeah. out of global markets on a net-net basis, and they will continue mm. to be out of global fixed income markets. So bad news yeah. for mortgage bond holders in Europe, bad news for mortgage yep. bond holders in the US, uh, bad news for yeah. homeowners. Um, that's just this, <laughs> the sad consequence of this. Yeah, but 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 on the flip side of that, is this good news for the Fed? Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, could argue. I would. Yeah. I'll take that side as well. I think. I think what the Fed essentially did with the QT program was a bit of a bit of a mistake. Um, they should instead have started to sell off duration from their books, and in, by that sort of putting a pressure on equity markets and and financial conditions. Instead of instead of doing that. But by letting bonds sort of run out of maturity, they they essentially um, they essentially uh, helped on the, to they helped on the the yield curve to invert, um, and I think um, and I think this will sort of be a, a tailwind for for uh, for their policy goals. So yeah, I'm I'm on that train as well. But they don't get a lot of help from the Hoppet Treasury Secretary, as I tend to label her, Janet Yellen. She only issues uh, T-bills at the moment, uh, and they are closing in on the, exactly. at least the, the guidance of a cap of 20% of, of, of yeah. total outstanding in, in, uh, in bills versus coupons. Yeah. Uh, but they have only issued bills since uh, the debt ceiling was, was uh, lifted. Uh, and that obviously yeah. means that yeah. the market does, does not need to swallow a lot of duration here. Uh, but that, uh, that will certainly arrive yeah. say, uh, later. Um, we will discuss yeah. all of that on Sunday, Emil, with our guest Darius yeah. Dale, where we focus on the U.S. economy. We just wanted to get this podcast out there with our hot takes on uh, what happened in Japan. Basically, we remain invested in Japanese equities, um, no, no matter yeah. the decision taken today, because we actually see increased downside protection in Japanese equities due to the change in the regime for the yield curve control now allowing Bank of Japan not to be pro-cyclical by definition in their monetary policy. And then we remain unconvinced of buying the yen here, at least I do. Um, yeah, I'm also I'm on that team as well. Um, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting upcoming day. Next, yeah. next week is going to be really, really... Really interesting, one to watch for sure. Yeah. So yeah. 
Definitely. Thank you for joining us, Emil. Oh, anytime. And um, have a great weekend out there. We'll uh, see you again on Sunday for the regular episode of the Macro Sunday podcast with Darius Dale, guesting the podcast for a discussion on the resiliency of the U.S. economy. I'm Andreas Steno. Thank you very much for listening. 